Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Russ and Matt, No Appointment Necessary. I'm Russ and with me as always is Matt. Matt. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Hot. It is very hot, isn't it? Oh, vile. It's, it's the sort of heat you can't get comfortable in. It's not a nice heat. It's it's like the rain that gets you wet. It's the heat that makes you hot. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah. And all this corona stuff is still going on. Oh, my God. We, it's just everything. What are we meant to be doing now? Like, in terms of where are we? Are we allowed to... Like, our, just our bubble... Do do everything as normal. Just stay two metres away from people. I thought he brought it down to one now. One plus it is. So, two. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just do whatever you want, but stay two metres apart. So, pretty much everything's normal to me. Even... Sex is normal. Well, you do that from two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just just carry on as normal, but two meters apart. Anyway, I'm excited. Why are you excited? I'm always excited because this is an exciting episode. Because this is one we've talked about for a while. It's kind of what inspired us to do a podcast, and it's about the Royal Navy. Now, many of you will be thinking. Right, and what's fun about the Royal Navy? <laughs> yeah. But not only is it the best fighting force in the world, not only is it the most senior service out of the three arms of the British military, but it's also where me and Matt met. Now, that should be the next advert, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely should. Um, not fitting in at home, got no friends, join the Navy and meet someone as special as you. And then do a podcast that no one listens to. Yeah, yeah. So this episode is going to be like every other episode. I'm going to throw in some Navy facts, which hopefully you'll find interesting. But we'll also nip in and tell you a couple of stories about what we got up to and what it's all about. And hopefully it's a good advert for the Navy. I'm a bit anxious about this because I should know all these facts already, really. But my Navy knowledge for someone who was in the Navy is horrific. Yeah. It's horrific. And do you know what? Yeah. You know, like, obviously, we didn't do very long. We did four, four and a half years each, I think. I did four and a half. Yeah. Did you do the same? Four yeah. and a half, yeah. And people always say to me, why did you leave? And I lit- I cannot answer it. So they assume I was kicked out. <laughs> you were, weren't you? <laughs> Not that I know of, but. Honestly, and some people, like, they're like, nah, you've been kicked out. And I haven't. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, Matt was not kicked out of the Navy. He was kicked out of everything else, but he was not kicked out of the Navy. (laughs) Okay, let's start, shall we? Yep. This is going to be a good one. So here's the first fact, Matt. What year was the Royal Navy founded? Oh, bloody hell. Um, Have a guess. Give me a clue. 1546. <laughs> I was going to say 47. Uh, yeah, that's your clue. <laughs> oh, 1547. No, 1546. Was it really? It was, yeah. And currently... It has 33,280 regular people, servicemen in it, and women, 3,040 maritime reserves, 7,906 Royal Fleet reserves, 
77 commissioned ships and 174 aircraft. 77 ships? Apparently so, yeah. And do you know what its march is? Its song is? You should know this one. In the Navy? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, I, I told you, Russ, at the top of this show, I am going to, I'm not going to do the he was kicked it out claim any favours here. My knowledge is terrible. I don't know the song. Heart of Oak. I knew the song. Which you marched to when you passed out yeah, the I, first yeah, of Navy I know, train. I know now. I know. As soon as you said it. It's funny that. people. A lot of people know things as soon as people yeah, say stuff. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a nice easy one for you then. You'll get this one. Who is the current Lord High Admiral? Alan West. No, he was a serial killer with his wife, Rose. <laughs> Lord High Admiral is His Royal Highness, the Duke of Edinburgh. So, Alan West was the Admiral when we were in, and you've just called yeah. him a serial killer. So that was, He was, wasn't That's he? Fred. Who you think? Oh, Fred West. <laughs> I thought you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. Do we still have well, to call him, it. sir, even though we've left that? No. Definitely not. Because I still call the old MEO boss. Yeah, because you're sad. He hasn't been my boss for 12 years, no. 15 years, but... Um, no, I don't think you have to. I, I think if I was shopping in Waitrose and I bumped into an old admiral, I wouldn't go sir, and salute him while I was picking up my semi-skin milk. Ian Wright still calls Glenn Hoddle boss. No, Gaffer. Sorry, Gaffer. I think yeah. it's just out of respect, isn't it? What ship were they on? <laughs> Chris Kamara was in the Navy. Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. There he was, yeah. Oh, it's a good fact. It's a good fact, and it's also a terrible advert. So people thinking, oh, these two idiots were in it. Anyone else? <laughs> Did you see the football pundit who missed the red card? <laughs> Did you see he put a picture on Twitter on Twitter about him watching football and he still has Sky Plus? And everyone, pretty much all the comments underneath his picture is, why don't you have Sky Q? You work for Sky. Why haven't you got Sky Q? <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Very good. So, for people who don't know, probably most people who don't know, when you first join the Navy, you join an establishment called HMS Rally, and it's where you do your Phase 1 training. So this is basically fresh off the boat, Straight off the train at Plymouth train station. Here you go. Fresh off the boat. On. You're yeah, working, towards, you're working you. towards the boat. You don't come off the boat. <laughs> yeah, I know what I meant. You get off the train at Plymouth train station. You get picked up and you're taken to HMS Rally on a bus. And this was on a Sunday night, I think. And Monday then it's morning. eight weeks, is it? Monday morning. Eight weeks. No, it's Sunday night because you wake up first thing on a Monday morning to start. No, no, I went on the Monday. Did you? I'm sure I did. I'm sure. So I, did. I went. So you go to HMS Rally, you meet up with everyone, you get all your clothes, all your kits sorted out, you put into your little groups. Do you get your hair cut? I was just going to say, day? one thing I did like an idiot. I had my hair back then. I was 17. I'm probably really ashamed to admit it. It was like Gareth Gates. I yeah. spiked my hair. And I thought, oh, this will be. So I spiked my hair, and you know when they shave your head, they've got. They, it's like they. It's oh, the pain. 
It's awful, isn't it? It's depressing. I think they shave your head to stop you leaving because they're like, right, you've come now. If you're going to leave, you're going to be bald for the first few weeks of your civil life. So you've got to go home and you've got to look at everyone because you big it up, didn't you, to your mates and everyone. I'm going to the Navy with your family and your friends. You have a leaving party. The last thing you want to do is turn back up at home three weeks later, bald. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You join up, you get your kit, you get your head shaved, and then that's it for eight weeks. And I remember that first Monday morning when you wake up that first day. Tuesday morning. Yeah, I'm sure it's Monday. Agree to disagree. As you it was definitely Sunday. I travelled down on a Sunday. It must do, you do, you travel down on a Sunday. And then that Monday morning, the wake up at half five. Mm. And I just remember thinking, this must, I can't do this. Oh. I'm not a morning person. And you just threw straight in. I mean, don't get me wrong. HMS Rally, you, you learn how to be a sailor, don't you? You get your fitness right up. I mean, I'd done my mile and a half in nine minutes, 32 seconds, which was really good for me. Did you walk? Uh, I ran like I hell. did it 9.03 without being... Well, I did. Oh, you must have had a good wind behind you. <laughs> Honestly, and my mum, this is the thing, you know, when you join up and you get your card, it puts all your measurements on it. Yeah. My mum found that, I think, about five years ago so I'd been out eight years by then and I weighed nine stone four. Oh my god I have yeah. doubled since I left the navy. I've basically ate myself. Well I looked like I had AIDS when I joined the Navy. I was that thin. It's, honestly I just couldn't believe it. It's crazy, isn't it? But then you say you do, you give your fitness the hammer your fitness you have to swim in overalls and do lengths and tread water for three minutes. That's bloody You do hard. that on the first day, don't you? It's yeah, and then you have to learn how to march. And I remember me and me and our friend Stephen Roddy, we uh, Roddy, we joined together and we run the Satan of Southampton together. And you'll hear about him later on. I'm glad you. But me and Ronnie failed our last marching exam, and the only reason we passed it the reset. Was because the instructors were dressed up as Father Christmas, but pretty much drunk, <laughs> just wanted to get out on the last show of Christmas, so they just passed everyone. And I remember because I knew I'd messed it up because I think I had to twirl about, don't you, and do all this, that, and the other. And the guy read my name out wrong, my second name out wrong, and I thought I passed getting, and then the kind of reality struck, and I thought oh, I'm going to have to realize like, tell him to me. And I kind of was thinking, hopefully they'll be looking for this random other guy that's failed and I can just walk off saying I've passed. Yeah. But no, I had to reset it again, but I got passed by Father Christmas. It, oh, I remember, you know, when they teach you to salute? And yeah. there's that, um, you have to turn and salute. Yeah. I did that and he froze us all. And he, and he said to me, what are you looking for? Like I had my hand over my eyes as if I was looking in the distance. Yeah. And he just, all right, yeah. He goes, What are you looking for? Is he talking to me? And then you see him come towards you, you think, Oh, for fuck's sake. But I remember one time as well, we were doing map reading, and like you have to kind of recognize different types of ships, don't you? And I remember sat in this class, and I've never experienced this before or since, where you're that tired because you're up first thing, you have to make sure your kits are aligned. So you're pretty much you're up at six o'clock in the morning. And you're not getting to bed until like after one, two o'clock in the morning because oh, you have to make sure your kit's ready. Polish your boots. Yeah. Kit inspections and every, you know you sleep on the floor most nights because you want your bed to be perfectly. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, everything has to be so you daren't sleep in your own bed. Yeah. 
I remember we were doing some app reading and I was falling asleep in the class. And I was literally, my head was, you know, you sat in a chair and your head goes back. Oh, yeah, yeah. My neck was jolting and that kept waking me up. I was so tired. I couldn't do, I couldn't function because I was that tired. It was, I've never experienced that. It was crazy. The old nodding dog. Yeah, big style. And it was, yeah, weird. But um, but yeah, rally rally's good, isn't it? It's a rally. It's near Plymouth, Southwest England. And I was quite fortunate. Um, I had that. I had Easter leave during a Christmas between mine. So I had like six weeks at rally rather than the full eight weeks, and then two weeks yeah. off, then two weeks to finish. But I just remember coming home. Do you remember coming home for the first time for Christmas? Yeah, it was amazing. How Billy Big Bollocks did you feel? Yeah, you do, you do. But, God, I'm glad yeah. I wouldn't do it again. I'd like to have a go again, see how I got on. I wouldn't pass it now. I think, I don't know, I think we would. I watched, I, you remember a few years ago when they did that documentary about the new recruits? Yeah. I remember watching that thinking, how the fucking hell did you do that? And it wasn't even yeah. difficult, I'm just... Shit, it's annoying more than hard. Yeah, yeah. It's little things that annoy you. But it's—I remember obviously you do your marching and you're holding your rifle. And I remember one guy passed out and he fell face flat, <laughs> on the concrete and smashed his face up. I remember that. That was awful because you're obviously standing there to attention for ages, aren't you? You're hot, you're dehydrated, you're tired, and you just fall forward like a domino. And obviously you're faded, so you you can't put your hands out to stop you. And he didn't half go whack on the floor. Like. Do you remember, like, you know, when they have the passing out parades and you have to be on every parade, but you get closer to the front till when it's your yeah. turn? And you have to stand there all professional, don't you? And our petty officer was stood behind. And you know that old joke, what's the worst thing about shagging 28-year-olds? Yeah. There's 20 There's 20. Yeah. And he told us that just as, like, <laughs> the, um, you know, the special, you get, like, an Admiral or royalty sometimes come and inspect and he told us that just that time and we're all trying not to laugh you think fucking hell dickhead if we laugh now we get kicked out <laughs> you're meant it's all your fucking fault you prick <laughs> yeah yeah but you look at all the instructors and that and you think they're not human but then when you pass out and you get to know them properly you think ah they're just yeah just as you big think to dick them. as you really aren't they they're screaming at you, they're intimidating you, they're breaking you and building you back up. But you know, as soon as they go in that staff room and you're like upstairs polishing your boots, yeah. you know, bloody things, they're in there absolutely pissing themselves laughing at you. Guess what I could get this prick to do? That's what they're saying, yeah. isn't it? Like I, got, I got an official warning because I had like tiny grains of sand in, in the sole of my shoes. That's how intense it is, and that's how perfect you can be. I mean, you have to hoover your pockets out of your trousers for God's sake. You know what, mate? You know what I mean? Do you know what? Yeah, I I pass my kit. You know, you do the big kit muster. I tell you what, right? The first one, I passed that, and there was a guy in my class who thought he was Mister Perfect. He's like, "Oh yes, I'm the best at this. I'm going to smash it," and he failed. And it was so he actually saw his soul break in half, and it was brilliant because I just saw get in, you <laughs> smug bastard. <laughs> I pass and you fail. But on the last one, because you have two, don't you? You have one halfway and then you have a last one. Like, if you don't pass the last one, you don't finish rally, do you? Right, yeah. And my kit was atrocious. I thought it was good. But, and the only reason I passed that 
is because we had a warrant officer and she was like the devil. And it was between her and a brand new sub-lieutenant officer who didn't really have a clue. Yeah. And luckily he inspected my kit and he was like, yeah, that could be better. Yeah, well, hmm, okay, yeah. And he still passed me. And if it wasn't for him not realising what planet he was on, <laughs> I'd probably failed. So just hold on a second there, Russ. So you're saying that you passed your marching on a technicality because yeah. you passed your kit muster on a technicality. Yeah. You shouldn't have been on board ship. You weren't good enough to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, that whole friendship makes sense now. <laughs> it, like, yeah, thanks. You, you obviously, basically, my whole life is due to a technicality. It, it's because of laziness. Of You were in the right place at the right time twice. To be fair, I've been in the right place at the right time all through my life since I've left the Navy, so <laughs> it does make sense. You've you got to the Navy because of, what was it you said about Santa or something? Father Christmas, yeah, he, he, the guy was dressed up as Father Christmas, clearly wanted to go for a drink, so I just said, fuck it, we'll sign them all off as pass. So if you'd have done that in October, you'd have failed? Probably, yeah. And the Seb Lieutenant was a bit blasé? Yeah, pretty much. Instead of saying, I've picked up all these mistakes, start again, he said, I've picked up all these mistakes, but do better next time. Have fun. How can you tell someone to do better next time on the final exam? <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. He's probably an admiral, that guy now. So really, I should be doing this podcast with chats. <laughs> you might need to put a bit of context of who chats is to how bad that is. Um, chats, basically. I don't mind. I said I wouldn't name many people on this, but I'm happy to call him out because he was a prick. He was the they call them ship's cock. Yeah. And he was the ship's cock. Yeah. But at least he earned his way onto that ship unlike stuff. <laughs> right, so yeah. So you've really basically ruined myself you've del- you've derailed my self esteem train and you've made me feel crap about myself and that my whole career in the Navy was a sham. But end of the game, that guy chats. He was the guy that when we were in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro for New Year's Eve, a once in a lifetime opportunity, that guy wasn't even duty, he wasn't working. He stayed on board the ship and wouldn't do you a standing so you could come out with us. What does that say about you? It's well, true, but if we were sinking, at least I'd know he would have had a chance of saving me. <laughs> he was qualified to save your life. Because he passed rally through merit. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Next topic. <laughs> okay. Just like to point out at this point to the listeners that we just discussed HMS Rally. We hadn't met by this point, had we, Russ? No, no. You were no. at Rally in, was it 2002? Yeah, December 2002. And, and I was there in February 04. Yeah. So right. I think what we're going to do, do a little timeline of our time and how we met. Yeah, okay. And, um, also, you mentioned Ronnie, because you joined with Ronnie, didn't you? I did, yeah. And his name's come up on a few episodes of this podcast. Ronnie is basically the third leg of our tripod, would you say, Russ? The short leg, yeah. <laughs> the sensible leg. Yeah. And without Ronnie, I don't think either of us would be alive. If we were the Ghostbusters, I'm Peter Venkman, you're Ray Stance, and he's Egon Spengler. <laughs> yeah. You know... Roddy's basically carried us through life. 
and to thank him, we never invited him to join this podcast and we cropped him out of the photo that we're in. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah because he's ugly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's not. No, he's not. He's, he's ginger, but he's not ugly. Yeah. Yeah, because one day he will listen to this and he will hear that. Yeah, but he knows I love him. But the thing uh, is, we're in a pod, we're in a um, I was going to say podcast. So we're in a WhatsApp group together, and I don't know about you, but I've got it on mute at the moment because he's a Liverpool fan. They've just yeah. won the league, and and I've not got a problem with Liverpool. But you support Carlisle, yeah. I support Villa, who are about to get relegated. Last thing I want to do is listen to someone say, "Oh, look at us winning the league." Yeah, it's like basically being declared bankrupt the same weekend your mate wins a lottery. I need to tell you something, Matt. What? I won the lottery at the weekend. You're trying to say I'm bankrupt. <laughs> Morally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know we're on furlough and that, but it's not that bad at the moment. So anyway, HMS Sultan. Well, I'll just throw in another couple of facts. Oh, well, this is why people tune in. To this Navy video. chaplains are a key part of the service and are known affectionately by crews as devil dodgers. Is that what they're called? Yeah. We never had a chaplain on the Southampton, did we? Yeah, we did when we went for the six month. Did we? Yeah, because he was the same one from HMS Rally when I was there. The Rev. Oh, I don't. I, I do not remember him. When HMS Sheffield sunk in the Falklands War, the crew sang Monty Python's "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life" while they were awaiting rescue, and that sums up Navy mentality and humour. That's a brilliant example of it. I would have definitely... You just crack on, and it doesn't matter how bad it is, you just crack on. Yeah. It's easy for us to say, we went to the Caribbean and Brazil. I reckon if if we were singing at any point, I don't think I'd be singing that. No, I'd be screaming really loud. I I would be fucking... I'd probably probably drown, because I was screaming that much I'd swallowed the water. (laughs) I, I never took in... Like for me, like yeah, I'm gonna join the navy. And at no point in my life did I ever think one day I could go to war and get sunk. I think it's because you kind of you sum up the odds, don't you? If you join the army, you might go to Afghanistan and get shot. If you join the air force, probably nothing's gonna happen. But it looks you might get a paper cut. Yeah, it looks a bit boring and a bit it's like wet, spongy. But the navy, you think I get to travel the world, and I'm not not going anywhere near danger. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth, really. You're in the middle of the Atlantic. I know, but it's not the Titanic. You're not going to strike an iceberg, are you? Well, that's what they said. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They never set out going, you know what? We're going to hit a tight. We're going to fucking hit an iceberg, make a few films out of this, and that'll be it. No, they intended to get to America. Well, I'd be Rose and you'd be Jack. Let's put it that way. So does that mean I'm holding you or you hold... I can't remember. You draw, I'm holding you, 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 draw, you draw me on a sofa naked and I push you off the bit of rubble at the end and you sink. That, that, we've basically reenacted that scene in different scenarios in the past, haven't we? Do you want another fact? Yeah. I'll ask you this question. How many submarines does the Royal Navy have? I'm so... I'm such a disgrace. Oh, God. 10. 11. Oh, you're joking. Can I tell you something about submarines quickly? Yeah. I know we've covered HMS Rally, but you just 
litter memory off. Um, you know, uh, obviously, they, they're desperate to get people to work on the submarines, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, we have people that, like, we were all just like, I think most, I think only three submariners in our whole intake. And uh, they put a thing out saying, does anyone want to go and have a look on a submarine? Honest, this is God's honest truth, yeah. So they put a list out, and about 12 people thought, oh, that'll be an afternoon off. So they put their name down. And then our petty officer called a meeting and said, the following people's request to transfer to Submariner has been accepted and read all the 12 people names. Honestly. And I think three people PVR'd. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. Two or three others managed to say, look, we do not want to do it. That's not what we signed to do. We we signed because we wanted to go on the submarine and then let them change. And I think the, the rest of the list thought, oh, fuck it, let's go on the submarine. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, that's, that's naughty, isn't it? Oh, man, imagine that. I remember going on a submarine in Turkey. We were, um, we were alongside in Turkey and we were doing a bit of maintenance on a pump and we needed a part. And HMS Trenchant was a submarine and that was there. So I went over and for this part and the guy said to me oh do you want to have a tour of a submarine it's like yeah okay I'll have it around oh my god it was awful the conditions they're so cramped and so small I mean, they, they have even to share a, a bed don't they they sleep on top of missiles they yeah. even had a urinal in the workshop because it was the only place they could fit it they have to like with whoever's their opposite number on watch they share that bed don't they so when yeah. you get out someone else gets in oh man I would not be on a submarine no 45 seconds to have a shower and no deodorant. How many destroyers has the Navy got currently? Currently, I, I don't think very many. Six. six. Yeah, that's good. Why did you say six before I said six? You asked me the question. No, no, but I didn't think you'd get the answer right. Yeah, but you've just made it look like I didn't know the answer now. You didn't. Because you said six before me, so it was like, yeah. Can you give me that one? Okay, I'll give you that one. So the last two, I've got, I was one off. And you were right. Bang on. So I'm doing all right here. So HMS Sultan. So HMS Sultan is the engineering school for the Royal Navy. And this is where me and Matt, so me and Matt were both marine engineers. And HMS Sultan is in Gosport, Portsmouth. And this is where you learn your trade before you go on a ship. I can't remember how many weeks it is. What is it, about 12 weeks? Is it 17? 17. It's quite long. But it is... Totally different to HMS Australia. You've got more freedom. You can go out. You can do whatever you want. There's not as much discipline. You, you do have to keep your fitness up and your physical education it's, lessons. It's basically like university, but you have to march to class, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's I, what it is. I absolutely loved HMS Sultan. I thought it's, you learn a lot. It's more chilled out. You get to live life. You know, we had Portsmouth and we were out in there every night. Basically, it's every night of the week you're out on the drink from as soon as that four o'clock comes you get up get back to your barracks shower change you're out but yeah great i loved it do you remember the sultan bop that was brilliant so a bop for people who don't know is a disco type thing where civilian only civilian women are allowed on the navy base and it was on a tuesday night and it's like the best thing ever you know you're a young 17 year old lad you think you're a millionaire, you get like £800 a month. It was £800, wasn't it? And you just, there's all these women that you have, because you haven't really seen women for ages, obviously, because you don't, obviously can't leave the base at rally. And it's like, oh my, what? It's like the Playboy Mansion, but if it was on the middle of a council estate and there weren't Playboy bunnies, there were Playboy rats. 
they were <laughs> basically it was just white D after after someone's pension. Yeah. Like, if this lad gets me pregnant, I've got his pension. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And he's never and he's highlight never of the week. this kid. It was the highlight of the week. It uh, HMS Sultan Bob. Absolutely brilliant. Final fact before we move on. Here's one for you. What year was the Battle of Trafalgar the Navy's greatest victory? 1805. Ah, very good. Yeah, correct. I only know that because we were on the Trafalgar 200 parade and that was in 2005 and I know 2005 takeaway 2805. <laughs> correct. Are you sure you filled your last exam? <laughs> yeah. If it was if it was a countdown exam, I'd have passed it. So when you leave HMS Sultan, you have another passing out parade. This is when you've passed all your engineering exams and you're good to go. This is when you find out what ship you're on. And I was drafted all those years ago to HMS Southampton, which was a Type 42 destroyer. A gorgeous ship, wasn't it? I think it was... They're not around anymore. They've all been scrapped. But there was just there was something about the look of that ship. They were just, I thought, the best-looking ship in this fleet. And this is where your real naval career starts. So you basically, you've been to primary school, secondary school. This is, you're in the real world now, crack on. All your Navy training goes out the window. Anything <laughs> goes out the window. This is where you realise that the Navy is not as military or as up there as everyone thinks. It is amateur hour, but it's the let's, best amateur hour you're ever going to have. Isn't let's it, not lift the lid too much, because the Navy is a very well-respected organisation. Yeah, but by people who've never um, been in it. Um, well, yeah, that, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're about to blow a storm up here. No, but we're we're saying it because we were showing it the most utmost respect, but... We respect it whilst... We love it. Disrespected it the whole time over there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, for example, I remember being on the ship, you start on middle of the Mediterranean or middle of the Atlantic. Basically, everyone's always drunk. Even the people who are supposed to be on duty watch are drunk. And there's just, it's anarchy, isn't it, sometimes? I mean, do you remember? You have three, you, you're allowed, you were given three free cans of beer a night. Yeah, yeah. And you can store it up. You weren't supposed to, but everyone saves them up. So on a Saturday night, you can have a party and things like that. And you, you can have more than three. My recollection was the people that were on duty signed for their three beers. So the people not on duty, could have them, if yeah. you know, a gentleman's agreement, wasn't it? But I remember being on duty, you're walking around the ship, and there's people, this is two o'clock in the morning, people who were your boss running around naked. I know, yeah. Pissed out their heads. I know. I can remember. Do you remember when I was duty, oh, we have to um, explain this to the people, duty L, duty electrician. Yeah. When you're duty electrician, you have one job the whole night. And that is bait. Well, you don't have one job the whole night, but if there's a fire, you you've got shit to do. But you've got to turn all the lights on and off, haven't you? Yeah. So that the ship is lit up properly, so other people can see. I've never and done I've that on there. time in my life. Sorry, I've never done that on time in my life. Listen to this. One a.m. I'm drunk on the quarter deck. Yeah. Yeah. Someone says, "Notices a lights on that shouldn't be on." And they go, fucking hell, the duty hell's not done the lights tonight. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't know I was duty hell, but I just had a feeling. 
<laughs> and I just ran to the list and saw my name on the list. Fucking hell. <laughs> you know that thing about not hitting an iceberg? Yeah. We were it. very lucky that night. Yeah. Because, like, people don't understand the importance of the lights being right. It's all the ships can't see. You can get a tap. Yeah, but it's also to see, so people can see what direction the ship's going in from what colour lights they can see and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yellow and green, sorry. Red and green should never be seen. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the, so I remember the first trip I went on was around the Med. And the first foreign place, well, it's not foreign if you're British, but it was Gibraltar. And I that was it, my first. Do you remember the monkey shoot and Gibraltar oh, currency? Oh. So I remember oh, when I first God. went, I because <laughs> for those who don't know, on a, you have an office on the Navy ship with a safe full of foreign currency. And there was a message out saying, well, come to Gibraltar, you need to exchange your money for, obviously, Gibraltar's a British, part of the British, you know, it's, what is it? It's just, it's part of Britain, isn't it, Gibraltar? So the currency, Great British Pounds. And the guy said, yeah, we're coming to Gibraltar, you need to change your pounds for giblets. <laughs> Everyone gives And I did. And I, took, I put my name down for giblets. And obviously you don't get giblets and then it turns out and then you just get absolutely ripped, don't you, for being stupid. I, I'm the, good. I, I did fall for the giblets, but thankfully I didn't fall for the next one you're going to tell. I know you're going to tell, so tell it first. So the monkey shoot. <laughs> so the rumour is that when you come in, people start saying, yeah, obviously Gibraltar's famous for its monkeys. And they say, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... There's too many monkeys in Gibraltar, so they need us to go and shoot them all and call them. <laughs> did you please tell me you didn't fall? Well, not at first. Oh. So people are putting their names down, and I'm thinking, this can't be real. This cannot be real. And then um, as it goes on, I'm thinking, I wouldn't mind doing that, actually. <laughs> what if I shoot him, monkey? So I saw the lad, one of the lads who's on, I go, hey, put my name down for the monkey shoot. He's like, yeah, yeah, no bother, no bother. But it was like a deer. I think I missed the deadline. And then it turned out, and then everyone who put their name down were told to meet in the hangar. <laughs> yeah. Luckily. In, in, the, in camouflage, wasn't it? Yeah, and luckily yeah. my name wasn't on the list. But when the guys who put the name down the list got, the captain was there waiting for them with a the high-pressured saltwater hose, and they all got <laughs> absolutely hammered and soaked, don't they? Fired up with a fire hose. The reason why I didn't volunteer for that wasn't because I'm stupid and fell for it. It's because I didn't want to shoot any fucking monkeys. <laughs> I, it I grew up on that PG Tips advert. I didn't want to fucking go and start shooting monkeys. Oh, great! One. It says a lot about the people that did fell for it. They're not stupid. They're cruel. Sick. Yeah. I mean, there was another one with another guy in Ashley, wasn't there? Where um, one of the lads gave him a piece of paper and a hammer. And he said, go and give this to our chief stoker, who was our main boss. And he said, demon headmaster. He says, don't read read the piece of paper. Just stand there with the hammer until he gives you a reply. He goes to his office, stands there, gives him the piece of paper, stands there with the hammer. And on the piece of paper, he says, give me a day's later, I'll smash your fucking head in with the hammer. (laughs) (laughs) So so every every Navy ship as well has a, uh, it's called Worldwide Laundry Service, and it's a Hong Kong or Chinese company. Chinese, Jimmy. And basically every Jimmy. Navy ship in the British fleet has Chinese people who do the laundry. It must be a, a historic thing. Rumour has it they're the highest paid people on the ship. Well, these guys, ours was called Jimmy, and he was a pervert slash sex offender, wasn't he? 
Oh, definitely. You know, every time you walk past his shack, he'd try and cup your balls and f- stick his finger up your bum. If yeah. You, if you didn't pay your bill on time, he'd run down into your mess and scream at you, demanding the money. There's one thing we do called the drills. I can't remember what the drills called, but basically, if you look at a, a Type 42 destroyer, Google it, you'll see the, uh, the four or five Vickers, I think, the gun on the front. And one of the drills you do in a war scenario is the hydraulic work, and you have to manually a group here pull the shells up with rope. So there's a ga- load here, a load of people in a row pulling this rope to lift this shell up from a lower deck. Where you go right past this guy's laundry shack, so he he doesn't have to be in for he's not military. He's just a civilian, just do washes your clothes. So he's not accountable, or no one can tell him off. So you're sweating <laughs> like hell, being up since our five in the morning, even earlier. You're pulling these shells up fighting for your life. Next thing, this guy just randomly comes up, he starts cupping your balls and taking his finger up your bum. <laughs> he was a fucking... He was an arsehole, wasn't he? Offering, offering, he? offering you money for a blowjob. But he didn't know anyone's name. He referred to everyone by their laundry number, didn't he? Yeah, I was N33. I was N31, I think. Yeah. But but could I fiend. tell you a story about Jimmy? Yeah. And I probably shouldn't admit this because it's a bit embarrassing on my part. But um, we were in Cardiff. Do you remember when we went to Cardiff? I'd left the ship by then. Oh, you'd left the ship by then. So basically, I forgot. And like you said, just if you don't get your laundry in time, you don't get it done, dear. So I had no jeans because my jeans, you know, I had no clean jeans. So I went to, are we, we going to use real names? No, yeah, it's up to you. Tilly, yeah. So um, Tilly lent me a pair of ninety-pound diesel jeans, which was really kind of him. So I went out in the jeans because I had no jeans for the. That was on the Saturday, on the Sunday they were still clean, so I wore them again. But I'd run out of pants because I hadn't put my laundry in. And basically, you know, when you've been on it all weekend and you just can't be doing with it, but you've got to carry on, otherwise you've got to cover a duty, haven't you? Yeah. So I went to walk about on a Sunday afternoon and I went to the toilet and I fell asleep on the toilet. And I was asleep for about, I'd say, an hour. And some lad, I didn't even know the lad, I knew he was on our ship, was knocking the door saying, come on, Matt, you've got to go now, you're, you're hammered. So I thought, yeah, good idea. So I got in a taxi, but because I'd fallen asleep on the toilet and had no pants, I just pulled the jeans up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no, I know. I should. I don't really think I should be admitting this on the airways, but it's a great story. So basically, as you can imagine, the jeans got dirty. Yeah, yeah. Because they were Tilly's jeans, they had Tilly's laundry number. <laughs> so I just put them in the laundry, not thinking. And what was Jimmy's pet hate? Soiled trousers. Soiled, soiled bed sheets. Soiled trousers. And I thought nothing of it. I've come round the corner and I can hear it kicking off. Yeah. And I've come round the corner and Jimmy is screaming at Tilly and Tilly doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Tilly turns around and sees me, points at me and goes, you <laughs> fucking hell. I'm surprised I'm not still running now. I remember being duty he one. He gave me their jeans. Let I, me keep them. I remember being duty one weekend. In Portsmouth, we were in Portsmouth Harbour, and you just hear the way of the fairies half the time, aren't you? Yeah. And I was in charge of putting the rubbish out. So our laundry bags were like paper, you know, like on American films where they get the groceries, aren't they, in like brown paper bags? That's right. Well, we have them on the ship, didn't we? 
Yeah. Some of them were um, for rubbish and some for laundry. So I wasn't thinking. I just picked up this bag, went up to the top of the upper deck and threw this bag into a school <laughs> in the rubbish and it just came down. And I was just sitting there watching the telly about three hours later and it kind of like a lightning bolt hit my head. And I just, fuck. I ran up. The, laun- the rubbish had gone. I threw away everyone's clean laundry from that weekend because oh, ru- I thought it was a rubbish bag. <laughs> I just went up and threw it in a skip. <laughs> loads of people lost their clean overalls and clothes because <laughs> I threw them out. You know, you just don't think. Yeah. I got hammered for that. The worst thing is when something dawns on you and you know it's all your fault. Yeah, big style. Do you remember when we were in Sierra Leone? Someone either... It was either you on the story you've just told or someone else has done that. Do you remember when um, they came to collect our rubbish and that uh, local had my overalls on? Yeah, he had your name badge on, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so they were collecting our thingy and we were chucking the rubbish to him. I thought... So everyone's going, look, he's got Navy overalls on. He had my name badge on. <laughs> I just thought, don't commit any crimes. What were the names of the three aircraft carriers that were in service when we were in the Navy? Illustrious. These iconic aircraft carriers. Illustrious, Invincible, Ark Royal. And I got lost in the Ark Royal once. I had to go on to get some more parts, believe it or not. You're doing that quite a lot, really, didn't I, by the sounds of it? Well, because you'd and lost them guy... <laughs> Yeah. And I went on the Ark Royal, and this guy was like, yeah, this guy took me around this maze, and he left me. And then I was like, right, how do I get off this? And I must have been walking around for about 20 <laughs> minutes before I had to pluck up the courage to ask someone how I got off. And I was nowhere near the exit when he told me. And this guy had to basically walk me off. Oh, my, <laughs> that was some shit. That... Do you remember, like, the first time you join a ship and you get given a joining routine and you've got to find yeah. all the places? It's not, the whole idea is that you find your way around the ship. I don't think anyone ever finishes that. You kind of start it with good intentions and then you just kind of give I up. can just remember. Do you know on the hangover, when, when yeah. Alan's about to count cards, it's got all the equation symbols around his head? Yeah. That's what I was... Because I remember I asked... I think it was um, one of the seaman specialists. I'd asked them where something was. It was like my first day. So to me, directions are, go down there for 20 metres, turn right, go forward on your third left. And I said, where's this place? He goes, you go down the port wing, you go starboard, starboard, and it's your third door on your port. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I yeah. ended up in the sea. <laughs> the good thing about the ships, though, there were so many good places to hide. Like, when I first started, I was on the electrical section. And I used to, you used to go and hide anywhere and pretend you were working. I mean, you used to go and find, find a fan chamber. I remember one above the hangar. I used to go in there and sleep for a couple of hours. I remember one that was like a cubby or by the captain's cabin full of fuse boxes. What I used to do was open a fuse box, get my fluke out, get it all set up as if I was testing fuses, put my back against the door and sleep. So if anyone ever came in to check where I was, it would wake me up and I'd say, whoa, whoa, sorry, I'm just checking fuses. I used to spend hours a day in there. Do you know what else would have woke you up? If what? you fell onto one of the fuses? Yeah, I got electrocuted. <laughs> TLF. <laughs> you could get away with so much. You just told someone you were doing a job. I mean, I remember once I was in one of the engine rooms where the, the after engine room, where the, the shaft for the propeller comes in. And I was asleep on there. 
and my face was rubbing against it as it was spinning. It was like the shaft. It was a double, wasn't it? Really, it was so easy. You didn't have to do much. I mean, in, in, it, it seemed like really hard work at the time, but it really in wasn't. the Navy's defence, though, we never really went to war or anything, did we? So we never experienced one of the hats. One of the harsh thing, harshest things you have to do is when, whenever you come to a new harbour, obviously the ship has to be immaculate for presentation, where you have to polish the floors. Oh. And it was the most stressful job in the world because you're up at like three o'clock in the morning. It has to be perfect. You strip it back, you polish it. I, was, I should have started my own business polishing Just floors. think, as we record this, there's probably some young 20-year-old lad doing that, all that's doing that right now. And it was, if someone stepped on it, they got... Hammered, didn't it they? Was... As soon as that door opened where you blocked it, you used to scream at people oh, no. just to keep them the floors immaculate. It was, but the thing is, they were the greatest days ever, really. But we just didn't know it at the time, did we? Yeah, it was. A we double. just felt so hard done by. Whilst there's people yeah. working in Sports Direct with below minimum wage and not allowed a dinner break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where we got three free meals a day, pretty much looked after. And if you slept at an extra two hours at lunch, no one noticed. Yeah. Because your boss was probably asleep as well. It was ridiculous, really. But one of the highlights for us was, you've mentioned it before, T200. Oh. So to put this in perspective, T200 was the 200th anniversary of the Battle of Trafalgar. And in Portsmouth, it was massive. They had ships from all over the world in Portsmouth. The Queen. Yeah, she was there, yeah. And... For some reason, and I don't actually can't work out why we got this, but our boss decided to send me and you as part of because every ship has to nominate people to go and work as part of this new T two hundred team, and we got the job, and it was probably the best job I've ever had in the navy. It was the wasn't it greatest big? week ever, wasn't it? It was a week of just chilling out, doing nothing but just having a great laugh, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Tell everyone how you knew because like we were put in rooms of six weren't we but we didn't know the other people in the room that's but right we were, so toge- we were together we, we somehow managed to be in a room together so i remember how we got in this room there was me you and this guy he was a leading hand which is a rank higher than us he what was the other was right... yeah. yeah yeah but we didn't and know him quite did sensible we? No, we didn't know him, but he had a, a, he was quite aggressive. Not aggressive, but he was quite He took, his, he took himself too serious, didn't he? Yeah. Th- yeah. He was really quite one of those. And I was in the room with him. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm sharing with him. Next thing, I could hear the door trying to open, <laughs> but it didn't open. It was like, I remember looking thinking, how can you not open the door? And I just knew straight away it was you. And then I come through the door. Hi, Rob. my back. There's only one. There's only one person in the world I know who can't open a door properly and it's Matt and you walk through the door. <laughs> so I was just in utter loveliness just thinking, yes, I'm with Matt. Can this I, guy must have looked at me and you and thought, oh my God. Can I just ask you, did the feeling of joy occur when you saw me or when you saw the door struggling to open? The door struggling to open. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> I just knew it was you. <laughs> But the good thing about T200, so basically we're just kind of, we were, what were we, just marshals really? We I had to search that. people's bag before they come onto the dockyard. Yeah, that's basically what I had to do. So people coming onto the dockyard. But you had, had, you had a different people. job, I think. Well, I had to frisk people. And the guy said to me, whatever you do, don't frisk someone with a pacemaker because you'll kill them. So you think, right, okay. So I'm frisking people. Next thing, this admiral walks towards me. He looked about 100. 
he was an admiral of the fleet, so he's really, really high up, probably the highest person in the navy. And I was just about to frisk him, and this guy jumped over me like he was, I, you know, when you know, on a film where someone's about to shoot someone, and the bodyguard jumps in front of them and takes a bullet. This guy did that. He grabbed me, and he's like, "Through it, grab me!" No, 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 don't! You'll kill him. He's got a pacemaker. But, so basically, I could have. I think I'd be done for treason if I'd have killed him. But how was I supposed to know he had a pacemaker? The thing is, I think for Trafalgar three hundred, if you've got a pacemaker, fucking tell him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my advice. It's not far till Trafalgar three hundred now, is it? Um, Eighty-five years. Yeah, hopefully we'll be doing it. So yeah, but I suppose if someone's what twelve or thirteen now, they'll be ninety-eight by then. So they won't be doing it. So don't listen. They might have the pacemaker. <laughs> but I remember the highlight was at the end where it was. I think it was the last night or the second to last night where we'd we'd, we'd run out on money. It was like it, the day before yeah. payday. There was four of us. We had we didn't have five pound between five. We couldn't afford really. a bottle. No, I'm I'm sure between the four of us, we got enough money for one bottle of vodka. That's right. We drank it in a pie. Yeah. And we decided to walk We back. needed to see it out till midnight, didn't we? Yeah. And we, we headed back to our room. And we had this party going on, didn't we? And we walked round the back. And we thought we were going in the right entrance to see what was <laughs> going did, on. Yeah. We ended up sneak, inadvertently sneaking into this party, which was full of foreign officers. And it was a free bar. You just could not write it, could you? It was absolutely... And we just... We, I remember taking a picture. There must have been, and I kid you not, thirty plastic pints. That was the last order. Fosters, of Fosters on this table for five of us to drink. It was the last order. All we three. all went and got six points each, didn't we? Absolutely brilliant. And then we went out, and then it was like it finished at about eleven, and we thought, right, we're already pissed. We've only got an hour. Then we're paid. Do you remember? Yeah. So we thought, let's just go out. We don't need to buy a drink for an hour. And then we get paid and then the night can start again. And then, do you remember what happened when we were trying to kill time? No. You don't remember them two girls that we met? No. There was four of us and there was two girls and we talked to them. We were like, yeah, yeah, we're in the Navy. There was a firework display the next day, wasn't there? And being... Lads in their fucking late teens and early twenties, like, oh yeah, yeah, we fight for the girls' affection, but they only did just want to get to the pirate display for free, and they used us. <laughs> Do you remember? I don't, I don't remember. Do you that, not remember? No, no. There was like two of them. I think they were local, and we just got talking to them. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll meet you at the pirate display tomorrow. It was like American Pie, wasn't it? Like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll impress these. Literally, once they got the firework display, we never seen them again. <laughs> I remember. Well, I think that was a good episode of that, Matt, don't you? One of my favourites. Nice trip down memory lane. Oh, God, yeah. So, some of them things we talked about then, I'd forgot it even happened, and it was just nice to relive it. Yeah, I mean, we get to relive it every February in Portsmouth for the uh, ship's reunion we have. So if anyone's ever in Portsmouth in February, but look we- us up. We don't get to share it with our international we've acquired over the last few weeks, though, do we? That's true. So we've covered quite a lot of stuff there, but you've got some news about a bonus episode. Well, Russ, we've still got so much more to talk about. 
really, haven't we? And we've missed yeah. the biggest part of our Navy lives so far. We haven't covered the six-month deployment that we did. Yeah. So how about we drop a bonus episode this Wednesday covering all that? That's a good idea. And that was our six-month deployment. And that's where things like we rescued a... Remember we rescued a sinking boat? We had to go and rescue that in the middle of the Atlantic. The ship was sinking. Well, a fishing boat was sinking with about five guys on we rescued. And it's also the time when we were sat in a Chinese restaurant and it had a TV screen on and some poor way to put porn on. And there was a, I remember there was family in the restaurant and next thing, hardcore porn come on the telly. Yeah. And you missed the biggest detail of all, when we broke a world record. Not just me and you. We were part of a team we, that broke a world record. We were major players in that. And you'll hear, and you'll hear how. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I made the front page of my local paper for that. Oh, well, they say that's how big it is. But they met, well, I'll I'll save that for the bonus episode, but let's just say what the paper wrote and what I did, two completely different things. I bet it is. But the paper <laughs> made me actually look better. <laughs> it's, not often, it's not often papers write false stories and make someone look better. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. And you've also got an exciting announcement about a future episode coming next week. We have, Russ. We what have we not had on any of our episodes yet? Well, listeners, listeners. <laughs> oh damn! I'll let you. Yeah. Other than listeners, go on. Guests. Ah, uh, yeah. We have our first guest coming on next week. And well, let me put it this way, Russ. You follow a lot of people on Twitter. Have you yep. ever seen? Anyone ask them what their favourite cheese is? Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Joe Bangles, the legendary Joe Bangles, as he's become since lockdown, will be joining us to talk about his cheese achievements. Is that a... Achievements. Achievements. Oh, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. So, yeah, we'll be talking to Joe, and I'm looking forward to it. He seems a nice guy. Interesting guy. Yeah. Um, when, when I say he's spoke to celebrities about their favourite cheeses. We're not talking Joey Essex. We're not talking you know, low end. We're talking royalty. Like yeah. music royalty, comedy royalty. You, we'll let him tell you because it's his achievement. achievement. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So uh, we'll talk to him and I'm really looking forward to it. Nice one. Okay, well. So, oh, also, Russ, I think Obviously, each episode has a topic, I think, to accommodate for Joe. Should we cover food and drink? That's a good idea. I think it'll feed in nicely, yeah. So next week's episode, we'll I like what you did there. You're on fire today. Feed in. Yeah. So next week's episode, we'll talk about food and wine, and we'll also have a great first interview. Who said anything about wine? Me, because I love wine. Okay. Other drinks are available. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.